welcome back to the Nullify Take channel here on YouTube. We've got the TNT takes for you on the Amazing Race 34. I'm your host, Chris, and for the very first time in months, I've got Michelle back as my co-host for the Amazing Race. Michelle, how have you been? Um, good. Very busy, as we all are, but yeah, last day of term today. So yes, I am. I don't know whether I'm on a high or whether I'm just so tired I can't even think straight, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so grateful to have you back. I had people, you wouldn't believe it, when we were doing the challenge content, hit me up afterwards saying, are you doing the amazing race again this season? And I said, yes. And as they, they were asking, is Michelle going to be back? Because I loved having you and Michelle do the amazing race last season. So for those people, they're in the US, they're probably not watching it live. We're not in a great team or a great, great time for it. But, you know, um, we've got Michelle back. And I'm so grateful, Michelle, that you're willing to do this again, especially with your busy schedule running this group of amazing race fans that continue to grow you just had seven thousand this week i saw um six i wish it was seven um six but yes and every time a new reality show comes out people ask me are you starting a new group so i think at the moment i'm admitting six groups and then the funny thing is is um jules who does the survivor australian survivor group with me and another she does i think hunt no i can't remember what other group she does with me the bridge <laughs> Um, yeah. She said, oh, there's a new show coming out. And it's um, it's basically in the wilderness. It's all for money and you've got to get to the end. And I can't remember the name, but it's a new show and <laughs> new group last night. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop adding these new reality shows for money because I so can't many. cope. But these are the ones that I love. I don't, I don't like the ones like The Block or, um, you know, Love Island and all that sort of stuff. I want competition. So um, I know we're yes. going to be talking about the amazing race, but I do have to ask you before we get into it. And lovable Nikki and Igor, welcome to the live as well. Lovable Nikki saying she was the one who asked me. Yes, Thanks, she did Nikki. ask. Um, and also, we had uh, Nikki here say that she hasn't watched it yet. So she's probably going to get spoiled. Uh, yes. I don't know if you want to get spoiled. Like, we won't be angry at you if you jump off and watch this later on. And, and you know, we'll do our best to make it entertaining, but it, it's worth it to watch the episode as well. Um, and yes, Igor, I am standing at the moment. Different camera angle today, I think. Um, but hey, Michelle, just before we get into the amazing race, I wanted to ask you, did you watch the Challenge USA since there were some players on there that you actually knew or did you not get into it this I season? I didn't get into it because there was so much else on and I actually watched the other one. Um, I actually watched a bit of the other one where there were four um, Americans, they were either from Survivor or Big Brother or some other show. Oh, yeah, Snake in the was Grass, was it? Snake in the Grass, and I yeah. loved watching some of that. You know, um, that was that was interesting. Yeah, I didn't watch that yet. Um, I haven't watched Hunted yet. There's a bunch of stuff I have not watched yet that I need have to get to back to. Hunted. I haven't finished Big Brother yet, and it's you know I get real nervous about not watching Big Brother these days. Like I've watched a little bit of the beginning of it, but yeah. we've again got Big Brother players crossing over to the mm -hmm. Amazing Race. We've got Big Brothers yeah. crossing over to the Challenge. Like it's just everybody seems to be crossing over everywhere now, and mm -hmm. I always feel like I'm a little bit behind. What was your first impressions of Derek and? Claire, who ultimately, you know, dominated this first leg or, you know, did pretty well, uh, yes. especially as someone that's not seen them on any other reality TV shows before. And I know that, you know, it's sometimes the Amazing Race fans can be a bit iffy about people coming from other mm. franchises to the Amazing Race because they've already had their shot. How did you yeah. feel about seeing these two um, on I, the show? Well, I like them as a team. 
they were really friendly, which a lot of Big Brother contestants who do cross over to something else, normally they're not that friendly. They're quite cutthroat sort of people. But mm. they were really happy and and they were really happy doing all the different challenges. And I thought, God, I really like this team, but I don't know their background at all. But I found them lovable. Um, were they anything but that in Big Brother? Yeah, they, 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 from memory, I didn't watch their whole season either. I watched maybe the first four weeks and then I've been struggling. It's both the last two seasons I got into the first four weeks, but I've kind of been spoiled on how this season is turning out for Big Brother. And I may need to go back because the person that I really was rooting for in the beginning was getting bullied quite a bit in the show. And I don't like seeing that type of stuff, mm. but that person has made it very deep into the show and potentially could win this thing. So it may be such a cool arc to go back and watch it to see this person dominate. Um, so, but Derek and Claire were fan favorites, I believe the season okay. that they played and Derek, played in the challenge usa recently so he's just jumping on all of the shows and i got to see the whole season of the challenge usa since i was covering it mm. and i thought he did reasonably well in that season as well but these two seem to be extremely balanced you know you've got claire who's going to be extremely smart you've got Derek, who's not the dumbest person mm. either he's pretty smart like you said you know if he's bringing the muscle they're in trouble but i think they've yeah. got such a fun dynamic and i do think they could be um really threatening throughout the season but i did look out to see in the next on or throughout the season, what's going to happen. I didn't see them in any of those cutscenes that they had about the whole season. So that makes me a bit worried for Derek and Claire. Will they get even that deep into the season or could they be like a Boston Rob and Amber the second time that they came and they had that one or two yeah. very good legs and then they're out on the third. Yeah. You never know. I mean, I mean, you don't know, but I don't take a lot of like a lot of people look at what's coming next and what sort of challenges each person is doing and where they could possibly be on the race. And I don't take note of that because I don't like to be spoiled for one thing, so I sort mm. of gloss over it all. Um, but that makes me sad if you haven't seen anything deep well it, it was literally, I don't know how long that, that clip was, but it's like, watch for everything that's going to happen this season on The Amazing Race. And they showed different people doing different things throughout the season. And I was like, where's Derek and Claire? I can't see them in any of these clips. So I don't know if that is them spoiling it or they're not wanting to make it too obvious and mm. maybe they're hiding maybe. it because a lot of fans will be watching for them because they've played before. So yeah. uh, we'll have okay. to see how it plays out, but there's a, a lot of firsts here, this league, um, you know, oh, the amazing race USA is mixing things up. And um, for the first time ever, there's going to be uh, a, a new starting point for them outside of the USA. They're starting in Munich, mm. Germany. What did you think about the fact that they kind of mixed it up? Because I do feel like in recent times, the Amazing Race has been trying to do things differently. And these this is one of the things they changed for this episode that I thought, for me personally, I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know how you felt about mm. it. And have you been to Munich before? I haven't been to Munich. Yes, I have, actually. Um, I think it's quite it's, – it's a takeout of the Aussies book when we started overseas. And mm. I was quite shocked when that happened because I was ready to go and find them in Australia when they started. And then they, I got the photos of them overseas and I thought, oh, this isn't really the amazing race. Um, but now America has adopted it. I don't know what the value is in it for COVID-wise racing because if they're leaving on one plane anyway, regardless, and landing in Munich, it doesn't really matter but maybe they're just taking a, a leaf out of the Aussies and thought, well, let's do something a little bit different. Let's start over there. What did you think? 
I think personally, and I could be wrong, I think it's a logistics thing. Because if you start in the USA, a big portion of that first leg is taken up by you trying to get to the airport, getting on a plane, mm. just to get to your first country where the first leg really starts. So it mm. eats up a lot of time for you that you yeah. could be putting them to, into something different and doing challenges. And they did mix it up here. They brought something in called the scramble, which is now you can do things in any order that you want. Um, and it, it, it made it maybe a little bit different where if someone was really badly screwing up on one of these challenges, they're all together. They're all in the same country. They're all thrown into a, a foreign environment that they don't necessarily know. So I feel like maybe it allowed for them to be braver with what they did in this first leg mm. by starting internationally. So that, that's my take on it. Yeah. Um, I, quack, I loved the scramble. Only because when I did the races in Sydney, you get a whole page of clues and you have to figure out what order you're going to do things in and you go to the map. Um, mind you, we knew what the pit stop was. We knew where the ending was. So we would go to the furthest point first, do those things and come back and, and that was an easy way to do it. And I thought actually it was the twins who said, you're right. Let's yep. go here and here because we think the pit stop is going to be at this near this waterway because he likes usually to do something where there's a good scenic um, area. And afterwards, I actually went to Google Earth and they actually picked where he was going to be and that he was actually the angel of, what was it, angel of something, um, yeah, was I actually in that area. So I thought, wow, they really thought ahead. Angel of um, peace. Mm. So that was great. But the challenges were very equidistant around the area. So it didn't really matter which one you went to first. Um, but then, as, as one of the teams said, it's really hard to gauge where you are in the race because you don't see everybody and no one's doing it in the same order. So you're really going as fast as you can for your race, um, which is a bit disconcerting for the teams that are used to, you know, going in and seeing it in a certain route. Yeah, or like for super fans of the show, like Abby and Will, who've seen all the seasons or most of it by the sounds of it, they come into the show, they see something new happening. So they can't pre-plan it based on their experience as fans. Mm. Now they have to go by the seat of their pants and just adapt on the thing. And I personally love it when producers um, do throw curveballs like this in front of players where they are forced to adapt. And, um, you know, the mm. first time ever The Amazing Race played, no one knew what to expect. So it brings them almost, it will never be like that, but it brings them kind of close to what it would have been like for people doing that first season not mm. really knowing what the optimal strategy is to do different things and you say that it doesn't matter um, but I do think that probably like you said because they were not sure where people were at I think it actually made them not copy other people as much mm. or they all were kind of doing their own thing they weren't working mm. in alliances or groups so I do feel in a lot of ways it did really show us who the teams are going to be this season that potentially could think on their feet and they can do things if they have to work solo through these mm. challenges. Cause I didn't really see these early alliances forming or people being together. And I'm hoping we'll know next week that the grouping is gone as well, where they had, this is group one, group two and group three leaving mm. together. I'm hoping that they just leave in the order that they came uh, and, and with the time differences that they got to the pit stop. I'm hoping that's yeah. how it's going to work in any case, because it'll make it a little bit more fair in my mind. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's always good when you have the ability to move in front of another team. Um, and also it's nice when you're at the top of the pack to be able to 
to stay there when you're starting another leg and not have to start with like the first five teams, you know, all together. It's it's nice to be able to start in your own time slot. But um, I don't know whether they'll do the scramble again. They might leave it for another three legs and then do it again. I don't think it's going to be a regular episode thing because I think people would miss things like the roadblock and the detour and, um, and you know, the things that have been on the race for so long. Yeah, no, I don't think you can. And, and I mean, we spoke about, you know, it's good to throw the curveball in there. Maybe, maybe they do it once or twice more in this, in this, mm. you know, there's going to be what nine legs. So maybe three of the nine legs will be a scramble and people will be like, Oh no, it's a scramble again. We're going to have to think on our feet here. Yep. But, for a viewer, you bring up a good point. How did it sort of feel watching the scramble take place? Like, did you follow it correctly? Could you make out who was in the lead? Um, because as I was taking notes for it, I'm going to be honest, I was all over the place. I really struggled. Well, when, Claire, when Derek and Claire ended up pulling away, I was like, what? They're the yeah. ones that are in the front? I didn't have any idea. No, you don't have any idea. But I loved it because I've done that. And I I thought, oh, this is this is like what I've done. So I was enjoying it, but not a lot of people have done what I have done. So um, I was, I was, I was right in the moment. I was loving it. And I was going back to how I used to do things, but I don't think it, as I said, I don't think it would work for every episode because people would start walking against it. Right. People will ride against yeah. it. Um, I'm going to share the script for the screen here for people that are listening to this on Spotify or any of the different uh, audio platforms. And we're looking at all of the teams that are playing this season. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about these teams because we didn't get our official pre-season cast assessment yeah. thing out of the way. So we're going to do it all in one as we talk about the first episode here. Um, who stood out for you and, and who is the team or teams you know, I'll, I'll allow you three teams, Max. Who's the three teams, you know, that you Ooh. think you're really gravitating towards this season after this okay. first episode? And, and who impressed you? From the first episode, I've got several who didn't impress me and I think, oh, my gosh, they're going to be out soon. Okay, um, let's start with the negative then and, and oh, really? the positive. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's throw you straight under the bus. So who, who do you think? Who's going to crack under pressure? Thanks. I'm just looking at names. Um Lyndon, and is it Sharik? Lynn, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's the the father and daughter team this season. Yes. Yeah, Look, from Jamaica. I think Lyndon wants to do well, but I don't know. I don't see them going final three at all. Um, I think they've got the 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 love of the race, but I don't think they'll get far. Here we go. They'll probably get to the So they won't be like they won't be like Arun. I got so much Arun and Natalia vibes yeah. from them. When Although they were, they were giving me Arun and Natalia vibes as soon as I saw them. Yeah. But but again, um, it was interesting because there were certain points where I felt the dad's experience came in where he was picking up certain things with the saw, people sawing incorrectly, and we'll talk about that a little bit later yeah. on. So it does seem like he's got some real knowledge. So I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily going to say I feel like they're the team for me that's going to crack. They ended up uh, overall in fourth place this mm. this week. So not a bad start for them at all. But the team for me that stood out this week as a team that I feel like they, there's a couple where you could potentially, you know, pick on. You could do the obvious one and say, 
Tim and Rex. You know, at some point, Rex is going to pull the team down. He's still not that fit. Um, and we'll talk about them a little bit later on. But I think a team that either will go very deep and will be that team that just fights all the way to the end and potentially gets into like a final three, maybe even win this thing, or they could burn out very hot and cold early on is going to be Louise and Michelle. And um, they didn't yes. do that well the first episode either. From memory, I think they only no. just got in. Very right? surprised. I was so surprised when they were down the bottom. Yeah, they were 10th place. 10th place mm. this first episode. Um, and I think that a lot of it came down to um, more the, the 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 guy here, Louis. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it. It might be Louis. Um, Louis, you know, being the male guy, being that alpha male type of personality. Mm. It's like, oh, no, we do it this way. And he's like trying to power his way through the sore part of it, which, you know, was funny to watch. And then his, his girlfriend here or wife, I'm not sure if they're married. They might be married. Uh, Michelle, I feel like she was very submissive. So it's that kind of relationship where he's probably going to have most of the say and she might have valuable things to add at times, but will he stop and listen? And I know this is being very judgmental after one episode, but hey, this is all we've got to go off at this point. So they're my team at this stage that I'm a little bit worried about. They're, they're married, by the way. Yeah. All right, so they are married. Um, yes. Just want to bring up here, Igar saying, I was confused the whole time. I thought the all dancers were in first place throughout the season. Mm -hmm. I agree. Also says, we get another Dom after race across the world, just like Kyle's, who own all Big Brother shows. Uh, it's true. <laughs> we do have another Dom. Uh, Igar also says, Lou's really prepared for this race on Instagram, so I was surprised that he came 10th. Okay, well, he seems like an intense personality. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's it's either going to go, it's like a backhanded compliment that I'm giving him. Him and Michelle are either going to go all the way to the end and dominate, and he will, from what I've seen in the first episode, he'll be the one carrying the team, or him being there dominating might <laughs> at some point be very bad for them. You sound it's a like, team thing. You sound like me, um, the new <laughs> survivor. I'm like, okay, Cody is either going to crash and burn or he's going to get to the end. And I, I hardly ever say that about Amazing Race teams, but I say it about survivors all the time. Yeah, I feel like this is if, if there's a team like that, this is the team. And and I agree with your assessment on Cody. Uh, we will be talking about Survivor 43 episode one tomorrow, so I'll definitely get into my thoughts on Cody. But obviously, you know, I like him because I like the characters. So I'm also mm. going to like this team because I like the characters. I just hope you know, that I'm, that the best case scenario happens for them here. But let's go back here. So we started off with the negative. Let's go into the positive. Who do you like? Who do you gravitate towards after this first episode? Well, obviously, Derek and Claire, because they don't get too stressed. Um, yep. I like Emily and Holly because they seem to be quite analytical and thinking about the best way to do things. What um, a story. I what know. What a story, right? Twins grew up in different parts of the world, didn't know that each other existed so it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing is going to play out because they're now having to find out i mean it's hard enough if you've got a brother or a sister that you're mm. not close to and but you guys have grown up in the same house and then you've got to go out there and play a game together but you kind mm. of butt heads at time now they're forced to play together when they've never done anything together so they have to like figure yeah. out how both of them work and will this twin telepathy telepathy type of thing be there that people always talk about like well, does it really it exist because they they actually spoke a sentence at the same time together and i can't remember what it was but i'm like oh wow they're they've only <laughs> known each other for a year and they're actually saying the sentence at the same time so obviously it does work um yeah they're also, the team that, you know, they were the surprise of the first of the first leg because they came in what place were they they were pretty high up i feel like you've got the list there 
Yeah, I'm oh, just wait. trying to have a look um, here. They were um, fifth. fifth. So Yeah, really good finish I, for them in the first one. And and I got that as soon as they said, well, we think Phil's going to be around here. They're really thinking about what they're doing. So, um, yeah, from like very early on in the episode, I thought maybe they will do well. Yeah, I, I agree. So, and also, I think that Emily and Molly is a great team to get behind. I feel like you're stealing my teams here. Um, so Sorry. I'm gonna have to be different. Sorry. I'm gonna have to be. I'm gonna have to be different because I'm gonna like. I have to. You know, I've got to choose. I've got to choose my Lulu and Lala for this mm. season. You know, um, and it's and funny maybe... because well, a lot of a lot of people who podcast pick on the teams that are most most athletic or mm. you know uh, have jobs that are very athletic, and I generally don't do that because. I look at the whole whole person and the, and you know their intelligence because a lot of this race isn't athleticism. You know, it's being able to remember a song, a dance, um, remember you know an order of food, it it or how to make something. You know, you need to have the mind going there. Um, it's not all about running. Dusty and Ryan would have won if it was the case last season, right? So yeah. I mean, it shows that it's not all about athleticism. But Emily and Molly, for me. Um, if I'm looking at the at the team right now, the cast that's out there, they're the underdog team that you want to shout for. They're like the team you look mm. at them and you're like, man, they're not necessarily like you said, they're not unfit, but they don't look dominating. They're shorter than everybody else. They yeah. don't necessarily look intimidating. They're two people that have just come together, you know, like they haven't yeah. seen each other for years and years and years, or never seen each other. Didn't know that they existed, you know. Yeah. So why would you not want to get behind that story? So for yeah. me, I'm I'm very much with you on um, the Emily and Molly train. I like Derek and Claire. Two great choices there from the start. Um, other people that stood out for me, obviously in this first season, um, you know, you you kind of feel like Abby and Will. They're going to be big this season, so maybe they're a team that I'll get behind because they're the they're the fans of the show. So again, you like seeing fans yes. of the show go out there and hopefully do well. So um, mm. we didn't see much of them in this first episode. I don't feel no. like anything specifically stood out. The one thing that did impress me is that when we got to the point where they had to do the saw part, which was the most difficult of the three. Have you, you know, tried to saw through wood? Yes, it's I have. It's a nightmare. But, but I, you know, that's what I was going to pull out. Like, Will... He noticed, he's like, it's not about pushing down on the saw. It is about just gliding over it and letting the yeah. blade do the work. And for me, as someone that has done it, my dad being a builder, obviously we did a lot of carpentry in houses. My dad used to build the houses and do his own carpentry inside and all that mm. kind of stuff. I've used the saw in my life. So I would have known that you don't force it like Louis tried to do. You know, like he was trying yeah. to force through it, which basically means to get stuck. You've got to let the blade do the work. So, yes. but that's the crazy thing. It's like I took for granted because when they told us about the three things, I thought the the way Phil explained that the massive ice block was going to be the most difficult thing, but it ended up being cutting through wood. My God, the ice block. People just bash that thing to bits. So quickly. Jeez, it was just ruthless. Yeah, it was it was insane to see. Like, I mean, I thought like, well, he did say it's going to be a huge or a massive boulder or like a, a mm. ice block. And it wasn't that big. It wasn't really no. that big. But I suppose I mean, when the clue's only this big, then the ice block seems to be big. Yeah. Yeah, I, f I feel like he oversold it, like to us, you know, <laughs> I was like, in my mind, I was like, this thing's going to be gigantic and it's going to take them yeah. forever. They should have given them like a little ice pick to pick through, you know, so that it's really annoying, but they gave them something decent to work now, with, so it was easy to get through it. The clue giver or the the next clue giver at that place 
wasn't as enthusiastic as the guy with the kegs and um, the saws. How enthusiastic were those guys when they when they completed the challenge? They were like, "Whoa!" Well, I tell you, the most the most amp person, and this is another team that can either like fail or succeed this season, was in the Rich and Dom team. Was Dom? Like, you know, she is, I can already tell this season is going to be fun the longer they're in the, in the show, because can you imagine every time they're going to be doing these challenges and one of them struggling, they're going to be doing motivational speeches to each other while they're out there. They're professionals at it. And then they're going to motivate say? us when they talk to us in the screen. It's all about perseverance. It's all about not giving up. You've got to believe in yourself. And I mean, I don't think that the guy, when she finished that what? keg roll, expected her to come in for the hug like she did. I know. <laughs> I know. He looked very uncomfortable. The Germans are very stiff people in general. You know? I, very... I know. They were very so... happy, but they're like, ah. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the car, she's saying, I'm, I, I'm focusing on my power and strength. And, you know, I'm all about uplifting yourself. But I was like, you can focus on your power and strength, girl, but better get that hair out of the way because it's going to get in the way of all the challenges. And she's with that keg and rolling the keg, and I'm like, she's left two little hairs down on each side, and I'm thinking, put the hair back. You're going to pull it out when you're pushing the keg. I love the hair, by the way. It looks awesome. I you love know, the colour. Um, the colour is awesome. I mean, obviously, she got compliments while she was out there um, by, by locals. I was impressed by the amount of people that were able to communicate with them because I have been to Munich. I've been to the Oktoberfest in Munich and I've mm. walked those streets and I know how difficult it is to get someone that can speak English in Munich. But mm. uh, it's been seven or eight years since I've been there. Things may have changed. There's maybe a lot more of the younger generation now coming through that are better because yes. it looked like younger people that they were talking with. But mm. still, like I was impressed that they got people that understood them while they were there. Friendly people, really friendly people. But like I said, they're just very um, upright and uptight and like proper like, you know. So mm. um, and yeah. Yeah, it was it was great to see her this this so she's someone I, i'm hoping they go deep because i think she's going to be a lot of fun she's going to be intense and i like my characters on the show i want to see intensity mm. i think that um she's being a motivational speaker she you know she's going to be competitive and like i said mm. we're going to get motivational speeches we might get the most motivational speech when one of them gets stuck can you imagine if Dusty had Dom there to help him through that last season when he had to look for the coin underneath all the rocks. Coin, yes. Oh, God. Yes, I remember that. Um, I don't know if she would have been able to talk him off the ledge, though. I feel like Ryan was the whisperer in that situation. Yeah, he was good for that. Um, I'm also looking at Quinton and is it Matty? Quinton Um, and Matty, yeah. Those are the dancers. So. Yeah, so I believe it was Iga who said here that he thought that they were in the lead the whole episode, and that's why he found it so hard to follow them because mm. ultimately they ended up getting in third place. So they weren't far off the lead. They they did really well in this first episode. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Seems like a really well-rounded team. I feel like they're not going to be fighting. You know, obviously they, they, they just have that connection. I believe she was his cheerleader captain, and they, they used to do cheerleader, yes. cheerleading for the NFL, which mm. is highly competitive. means that people underestimate how fit people are that do cheerleading. Like, I feel like mm. um, there is a stereotype out there for cheerleaders where people think, oh, well, they just look pretty. You know, they're not real athletes. Oh, no, they don't really have smarts. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that stereotype exists. And I think that yeah. they could prove it wrong this season because they, they're definitely not the two young 
white blonde girls that are cheerleading out there that is like yes. ditzy. You know, it's not them. It's the, the, if they underestimate them this season, these two could be dark horses to do really yes. well. I mean, obviously, Quinton's got quite a bit of upper arm strength. He's the one that used to, you know, throw the girls up in the air and. <laughs> And uh, that's what they do when they're a, a man in cheerleading. So, yeah, he's got a bit of strength going there. There's got to be trust. Like if you're getting thrown in the air, there's got to be trust between you and your partner. So I feel like yeah. that's going to that's gonna work well for them this season. I think that's a, that's another good call. But like I said, I think maybe Abby and Will, two people I could get behind. Um, also, another team that impressed me um, in this first episode, but I also feel like they could – end up like the cops maybe i was i was worried for them this first episode mm. was marcus and michael i really enjoyed these two military brothers um, yes. and they said that you know one of the things that was really funny is that they've been obviously they're brothers but they've been in different places they're not necessarily competing with each other and what they do in their career even though they're both in the military uh they've never really had this competitive vibe between them and obviously being mm. in the amazing race now there is this competitive vibe. So they're going to have to learn, even though they have known each other for so long, they have to learn how to communicate and motivate each other through this thing when um, there's probably going to be times where Michael or Marcus is going to be, one of them is going to hold the other one back. And how do they handle that? How do they deal with that situation? Uh, there was a few times here where I felt like, uh, I believe Marcus is the, is the bigger one of the two. Or, yes, they always right? put them on the left. They always have them even come to the mat so that the first name is on the left. They always do that. I'm a bit worried about Marcus because he, he seems to be a bull in a china shop. Like he, he he's like, let's not think, let's just move. Mm. Like even when they started, he's like, I just need to drive, not ask for directions because I'm a, I'm a I was doer. just about to say they had problems driving. Yeah, that, that's the problem. Like, and they're that, they're that typical team where people will look at them and say, well, clearly they're the two men all male teams do well in the amazing race they're mm. athletically really fit so they're a team that a lot of people may look at and say this could be a powerhouse team this season but there is there are flaws to their game potentially that we've seen in these first few mm. um, challenges out there that potentially they might not just steamroll through it yeah exactly um also something about the scramble um you know they were at the cars and i think it was is it Asa and nina I'm not sure how to spell, yes, how to say um, that. I believe it's Asta is how Asta. you pronounce it. Asta they were there saying, we want to find out where everything is and then we'll go. And then they, they were the last to leave. And from experience doing stuff like that, you, you want to be leaving um, halfway in the pack, even if you don't know where one of the uh, place challenge places is because you can find that out on the way. You don't want to ever be last leaving um a scramble i thought god this is not good yep you found the places but you're you're last yeah no i agree with you and and that's gonna it didn't bite them in the butt this first game or the first leg but it can bite, bite them in the butt later on while you bring up astan you know obviously ultimately the team that's gonna not make it here this episode they're gonna get their last which is a shame because it seemed like they had such a great relationship. I kind of mm. wanted to see how they grew on the show. Like it's never fun. You're going to lose someone regardless. Um, and I don't necessarily hate someone yet, which I don't know if that's a good thing. We spoke about that last season yeah. where we're like, well, if you don't really, you don't hate's a strong word, but if you don't dislike someone on the show, then 
it's kind of less fun to watch it because you kind of want to have that team where you're like, oh, they're so good. And I just want them to be last this league because they're annoying type of thing. You want that team <laughs> that you can shout against, you know, to get some emotion out of you. I don't feel like we have that this um, season. No, well, I, they definitely I, weren't them. Yeah, I don't have any um, inkling towards anybody to feel anything. But, you know, everyone seems to be pretty fun. Um I'm I'm not sure whether you know the motivational speakers will grate on me after a few episodes, but we'll see. Yeah, you, you, are you a fan of like motivational speakers in general, like Tony Robbins and those types of people? Yeah, I don't mind them. I don't mind them, but I think sometimes they say things for the sake of saying them, um, mm. feeling that they have to say something instead of actually meaning it. So. You know, I'd be interested to see, you know, what else they say along the along the race. Yeah. Do you think that there's a chance that maybe they're doing the race and they're like, oh, you know, this is another opportunity to build our social media platform for motivational speaking. And they're like looking at it as like a marketing opportunity, every little opportunity. Well, don't a lot of them do that anyway. I mean, yeah. they do that anyway. I, I mean, I'd say half the races have some sort of, ulterior motive mm. usually yeah no definitely you're right you know that theirs might just be a little bit more obvious if they start going into these motivational speeches every single time when they're out there it might be a little bit more obvious but again how often are you going to get the opportunity to have three million people in the u.s exactly. watch you live and it's probably even more than that when you count the fact that this show is you know internationally it's in australia mm. new zealand south africa i don't know where else but it shows in a few countries so you're probably getting to a lot more than three three million people so it's an opportunity for you to market yourself so i do expect that to happen a little bit here but asta and nina where did they go wrong this episode michelle like you know th this was one of those episodes where it was hot this is what i'm trying to say like when i was doing all the note writing and it was a little bit all over the place in regards to who was mm. doing what when um i i, I really lost track of them personally throughout this whole thing i don't know if it was maybe that they were too slow maybe asking for too much direction and then still struggling think, or you know what i think so i think asking for too much direction and um they uh, were they trying with a hundred percent of themselves i don't think so i think they were at 80 percent and that sort of led to their downfall. I mean, you've got to be on the ball with this race. You've got to be 100% all the time. And I don't think they were there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard because we saw so little of them. It was only a 45-minute episode as well. Mm. Were you surprised yeah. to see that the premiere was such a short premiere with so many teams in it still? Like you kind of well, expect the premiere to be I'm two hours. To like huge huge episodes of everything now um and even survivor which was on yesterday as well i was ready for an hour possibly an hour and a half and it was a two-hour episode i'm like what american survivors mm. under two hours and and these guys were only you know one hour um i always want more amazing race but then mm. you know the aussie amazing race at the moment there's too many teams it's too much to take in and i think that's backfired on them having Although we love a lot of episodes, I think having so many teams has backfired. Um, it would have been good if we followed the Americans and had the 12 teams. Um, it's just easier to follow. 
Michelle, they, they mentioned that this is not the first time they've done 12 teams, but it's the first time in a very long time. Like, I, mm. I'm not the the historian that you are, the Thai historian that you are in regards to the history of the Amazing oh, that's Race. Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what is the normal number? Uh, is 11. it 12, 11? It's okay, so they've gone one time. So because um, of the non-elimination, they've gone up one maybe. Yes, because they I think so because, well, normally there's three non-elimination legs and now they're having none. So really... They could, have gone up to, well, they could have gone up to 13 teams, really. Um, Easily, yeah. But they're having less episodes, so. Yeah, I, I think that it was a little bit confusing. So it's it was it's hard to track who is going to be the front runners just based off what we saw. But what stood out for you? Like, when you looked at these teams, were there anybody that we, you know, and I'll bring maybe the teams up because I think it is very useful as we're talking about this in the first episode and as we're getting used to the teams as we look at these teams here you know obviously Derek and Claire we were surprised they would they were all around they were really really good but another team that for me really surprised me we haven't spoken about them yet and I don't know why they were so good because I don't feel like we saw a lot of them we only got the one thing where they spoke about how they started dating and Glenda didn't want to give Lumumba a chance I hope I'm pronouncing that right and not butchering it but you know um I kind of called them team tall and short because <laughs> it's such a such a right. such a height difference between the two yeah. of them, right? But yeah. um, they were second. They mm. were second this leg, and I mean they had no edit. We didn't see them. I feel I like know. they spoke to us once on the camera. I we know. Didn't see when them they really came in, and I'm like, where did they come from? <laughs> um, exactly. I think they're a, a really different kind of team. Um, yeah, they do stand out because they're very different. They're not your normal team that you would see, and not and not just because of her height. Um, mind you, I think she's more of a dominant personality than he is. Uh, but I don't know yeah, why. Whenever I look at him, I just see Kevin. I see Kevin Hart. Like he oh, just you? reminds me of because Kevin Hart is like a shorter, stockier guy as well. Yeah. But I'm yeah. like, man, I just feel like he's got a lot of personality because you mm. know, like, come on, Michelle, you're a woman, right? You know, there's certain stereotypes that women have when they're dating, right? And one of them is that a guy needs to be taller than you, right? So, I mean, a lot yes. of women don't really want to have a guy that's shorter than them. So he has to have mad game to have pulled her, you know? So Definitely. I feel like he's got a, I feel like he's got a personality. He's like a little pocket rocket, Kevin Hart. Yeah. He's got the smoothness about him. So I don't know if he doesn't have a personality. I just think we haven't seen it yet. But I'm yes. ready for it. I'm waiting for him to show us what he's got. <laughs> well, yeah, because she is so bubbly. I mean, you can see just looking at her. She looks like Very she's confident. bouncing off the page. Um, she looks so, like she should be in Wonder Woman as one of the Amazonians, you know, God, like one yes. of those women. <laughs> I would have missed her. As you said, he must have a certain amount of pull. So, yeah, he's obviously got something going there. Yeah, definitely has some game that we haven't seen yet. Um, Sandy here in the comments saying, Sandy, welcome back to the live stream. No non-elimination leg doesn't mean no keep on racing leg, right? So we no, might have one of those ones. Because I, I've been trying to rack my brain. How many episodes are we getting this se- season? Because if it's no, no, if every single leg is an elimination, it comes down to nine episodes. Unless see, what Sandy says happens but, and there is like this non-elimination, not non-elimination, but it's keep I racing. Know. Yeah, but the thing is, Sandy, every time that comes up that there's a keep on racing, like there's a huge argument in the fan groups as to really whether it is a non-elimination leg 
or not. And it's just this. I don't feel like it is. It goes around and around. I'll fight people on this, Michelle. I feel like it's not a non-elimination. Like I, I like the whole. I feel, I like the whole thing because it it pushes teams beyond their limits. Because mm. let's say they've had a league where they've been running for I don't know eighteen hours or something yeah. like that, and they're like, "Oh man, I finally get to rest. Finally, I can like yes. put my head down in the hotel room." And then full stands there, and he's like, "Guess what? You've just been doing this for eighteen hours. I don't care. You need to get yeah. on a train. This league is continuing, or you need to jump in a car and drive there." that tests you mentally in a different way compared to actually getting the rest. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you'd watch the Australian leg, um, one of the legs this week, they had to climb up this huge, huge rock face, um, million, million stairs. And if they had to keep continuing with, uh, you know, a keep on racing leg, um, I think a lot of them would have just keeled over right there because they've had a massive day. But it's it's great seeing those keep on racing legs because you think, well, who is going to cope and who's just yeah. going to explode and not be able to. I, I agree. And um, I've given you my team that I thought was impressive. We haven't spoken about them necessarily, but, you know, finishing in second. Wow. You know, how did, how did they get there? We don't know. And we spoke about a few other teams that's mm. been impressive, but is there anything like when you wrote down your notes, some of the teams that we maybe haven't touched on or one of the ones that we've touched on, who who else sort of stood out for you that you thought, wow, like this team could be a powerhouse team. You know, we've spoken about Derek and Claire. We've spoken about Glinda and I'm probably not pronouncing this right, but I'll again say Lumumba. Um, and we've also spoken about Quentin and Matty, who were the top three teams, I believe, going into mm. this first leg. We've spoken about the twins who've been impressive. Uh, who else out there do you think? Like, is there Look, anybody we're missing? I was impressed with Rex, who has dropped, I think he said, 50 pounds. And he gave the keg thing his all and yeah. got through it. And I was impressed by that because he's not a small guy. And so you can see there that he has the drive and dedication to want to not let Tim down. And... I'm hoping they get at least halfway because they're really lovely guys. Um, I feel like and, Rex yeah. is the Kim. He's the Kim and Penn recruit for this season. Mm. He's the guy that got in to get the numbers because we as international people who are watching the show, and I know a lot of people from the US is going to be listening to this or watching the recap at a later stage. Um, mm. And they'll be like, Oh, it's so cool that Rex is on because they'll know who he is. But for us yeah. who don't watch, you know um american football yes we don't have that you know thing to go back on but i can imagine like if like someone very dear to us like you know was on the race that was a massive rugby Mm -hmm. coach or something like that we'd be like really excited to see them get their opportunity and we sometimes do get to see that on australian survivor where Mm. certain legends or celebrities go on to play um survivors so i'm sure that a lot of people are very happy to have him on he's currently an espn analyst i see as his occupation so he's clearly still a big shot and must have been successful as a as a american football coach i'm assuming Mm. Uh, so it's a big deal for him to be out there and you don't reach that level of success or you know, get to the top level of your profession mm. without being an extremely competitive person. So yes, maybe he's the older guy. Yes, he's got his friend there. They met playing golf, but they could also still surprise us. Like you said, he's got a lot of heart. He didn't give up. Yeah, and also I think they're very cluey. And once you get to that age, you've got so much life experience in so many different things, um, you know, and the amazing race. You might have to suddenly, 
you know, fix an engine or you might have to mm. um, suddenly do something that you may have done in a, lo a long time ago in the past. And, you know, that life experience really comes into the race. And a lot of people don't see that. They want to go on the race and think, oh, I'm fit, I'm fine, I can go and do it. But it's so much more than that and people don't see that or don't take that into account. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that um, they could be a, definitely a shock team that could do extremely well. People might underestimate them or, you know, I always get worried because I do read into the edit, the whole thing about, you know, I don't want to be the one holding Tim back. I don't, you know, I mm. lost a lot of weight to come here. Um, that could still play out at some point where he does well in the first couple of legs, but then just can't keep up yeah. the pace with the younger people, even though he's got that life experience and mm. maybe does well in other places you do know there's a certain level of fitness especially if they're going to do what they did last season which was every single time at the end of the leg they had to run up 20 flights of stairs and, and get to the top like they had to do all those hills last season and i feel like phil likes that have you been watching australian uh, i mean the australian race no there I haven't, are so I have not many had stairs this time <laughs> really yeah. Do you think that they watched it. season 33 and they were like, yes, that is what we need to do. Let's add more staircases. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. I know some of them were crawling up by the end of one of them. <laughs> of all the things, so of all the things that they could have taken, they're taking that. Um, I will say one thing. The Amazing Race players that jumped over to the Challenge USA, I felt like they all did the Amazing Race reasonably proud like they did a good job out there um and they were so outnumbered there were only three amazing race players that mm. actually took place in the i think it was like 20 or 24 people in total and there was three of I them know, really so sad. they were outnumbered yeah. yeah and and i had the opportunity to talk to james he came onto one of the podcasts and spoke oh, to us after he left the season he, he spoke he was like the only one to reach back out to jump on i'm sure kayla if she had the opportunity opportunity yeah, to do it as well have. i just yeah. yeah i just haven't had the opportunity like or time yeah. to get her on the show which i'll I'll try and get her on at some point but uh, kayla did she she blew it out of the water she was the star for mm. the amazing race people but i think mm. she went game mode she just played yes. you know went straight back into it um, and and did again really really well. Mm. Um, I don't want to give too much away. You need to actually. I don't know if you'll ever get the time to watch it, but we'll talk about it offline. People um, keep saying, "Do you want to go watch this? Do you want to go watch that?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" When people were asking me, I said, "Look, I've got two amazing races on at the moment. I've got one that's finishing, and then another one starting." And too much, too much reality TV. Like, I, I never thought I'd say that. Oh my god! I never thought I'd say that because we've got. The Amazing Race, we've got Survivor, um, we've got the Challenge 38 starting very soon, right? So there's going to be three shows right there. Who knows when Australia Survivor is starting? I'm just hoping they hold off until I think that'll later. be February. I mean, we've got Traitors coming next, so that'll be that's good. going to be big. Yeah. I think yeah. that's... And that's that's the the mole, right, for in Australia? It's, it's sort of like, like the mole. It's, it, it's sort of like the mole in a house, but with three people. It's sort of like, I think it's there's three traitors and it's like mafia um if you've ever played mafia games online it's sort of I, I have i've actually played it on a board game it's it's a lot oh. of fun um yeah. sandy's saying i still cannot believe they only snatched three people from the amazing race for the challenge i agree they should have definitely yeah. taken more i will say this i've had some very initial initial conversations with channel 10 um I may be able to do exit interviews for the Challenge Australia, but it's not confirmed yet. And that would be very exciting if I get it. They, yes. they said they'd get back to me. So 
you know, if they just stumble across this podcast, please do it. It'll be amazing um, because, wow. you know, the Challenge Australia is around the corner as well. So I'm hoping, Michelle, seen, you'll get into that one. Well, I've seen There's some, gonna be some of the cast if they're actually in it. I mean, you never know the rumoured people. Um, even the rumoured yeah. Australian Survivor people didn't all go. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of things more to talk about it here before we sort of get to the end of this first leg because – I feel like we've touched on a lot. Uh, Derek and Claire coming in first, both get $25,000. How awesome yes. is that to get first place? I can't remember if there was that big of a prize money to be won in the pre previous one. Cause normally it's like you get a getaway trip and you know, yes. you can go do something, but $25,000. You can spend this on any trip anywhere. So I was wondering if the trip is actually in sort of like travel, like uh, from a travel agent or something, that sort of dollars. Still cool. Um, I mean, $25,000 is a lot of money for a trip. Like you could, mm. you could live large. Yeah. That'd be good. And it's each, it's $50,000. I know. So, I mean, I hope they can, if it's, if it's only like vouchers, travel vouchers, I hope they can do it in multiple trips because yes. what trip is going to cost you $50,000? Like, I mean, that's, well, that's a lot of go money. anywhere from Australia and New Zealand, obviously. If it's expensive, but, but 50,000 US dollars, like that's, yeah. That's like what nearly eighty or seventy thousand AU dollars. Like it's a lot of money for You're just like I mean, large. yeah, flying first class. You know, um, like. I have to say, the beginning of the whole intro was amazing. Going Different, down eh? that slide together, and someone said, "There's no seatbelts," and then all of a sudden they were gone, and they were like, <laughs> <gasps> trying to hold on to something. That was so good. I want to go on that thing. Massive raft that they were going down yes. this like slide. Yeah, that was exciting, exciting to watch. It was so different because they all got to meet each other and socialize before. Mm. Now, the one thing I said this last season, and I'll say it again this season, one thing I would love to see is more of the interactions between the legs because that's when the magic happens mm. between the cast. So I'd love to see for them in between the leg to show us different people either like, having an issue with each other or like vibing and you know like they did it in some of the earlier seasons i feel I know, like we're then, missing i know out the that. aussies aren't allowed to see each other between legs now they're put in hotel rooms and they can't come out why i don't know they don't want them gelling with each other maybe they don't want alliances forming more than what there needs to be um so i don't know whether the u.s are the same but they can't um in in the australian one they're not allowed to see each other oh okay um, EVC saying, I think it's 2,500 each, not uh, so 5K, not 50K. I thought it was 25,000, but I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, I only watched it once. I didn't it it might have been 2,500. Maybe I misheard it. Um, yeah. So I don't understand why you would keep people away because, you know, unless it's just the cost saving thing, because you don't have the ability to have the cameras there rolling at all times yeah. and you need to give your camera people a rest as well because they're running the whole yes. day and they're active but i do feel like that is where some magic happens that's like the the one thing where the I amazing know. race misses out on a little bit of extra spice a little bit of extra drama yeah. that could happen or getting to know people outside of just doing tasks you know otherwise it's know, so task orientated well i know in a few of the aussie uh, oh, in I, I found out online that they've been put in rooms, the Aussies, um, and they've got verandas. So they talk out of the verandas to the other teams that might have been next Obviously. door. So they, 
you know, they were able to interact that way. Uh, they got around it or they'd open the window and they'd yell out the window. Like, wouldn't you feel robbed going on this great experience? Like, I mean, this is the thing that makes people who do Survivor together, for instance, such great friends after the show and you see them hanging mm. out for ever on Instagram and stuff like that, especially in Australia, they seem to be getting very close after the game. But I feel like, you know, they create these families and bonds that people just have by doing the show together. Like last season mm. was no different with 33. Um, and we, we learned about some of those relationships after the season was finished or towards the end. Um, but I feel like you get robbed from having that experience and feeling like you're a mm. part of something bigger with other people if you can't interact with them in between um, legs. So yeah. I do feel like we're missing out on that. Now, let's talk about the three, um, the main three challenges that they had to do. I believe the smash one was the roadblock. Um, they had saw log, um, saw log, and then also the big smash one. Um, was there anything that stood out for you on those? Like, you know, I mean, we talked about the saw being probably the most difficult one. We didn't really talk well, too much about the two guys who couldn't work together to get the saw going. And they'd push, I can't remember their names now. Who were they? Were they Marcus and Michael? Probably um, Marcus and Michael. Why would we be pushing only, yeah. so much that the saw would start bending in half? They mm. didn't seem to be able to cooperate to get the saw through. And I was really surprised with them. I'm maybe I'm being stereotypical, thinking, you guys, you should be able to saw. <laughs> I couldn't do and they're it. military, so you'd be like, surely, you know, I don't know what you do out in the military, but I'm sure you sometimes have to do some yeah. physical manual labor out there, you know, wherever you're stationed. Mm. Exactly. I just thought they'd be able to do it, but they they were surprising me. They, Yeah. Um, I mean, the other two challenges weren't that hard. I mean, they just had to be fast with the kegs. I loved how the, get, the guys were generally were so gung-ho that they did it so fast, you know, right over the top of a keg. Um, or it would go out of the ribbon area. Who was it, who was it that tried to like just run bulldoze across yeah. over it? I think it was Marcus. It was Marcus. I'm pretty sure it was him. He tried mm. again, like just try to run over it. And then Michael was like, clearly there's a reason there's obstacles and yeah. you got to go around <laughs> them. You can just run over them, you know? So um, I'm a little bit worried for him. He seems to be almost like the Dusty of this season, you know, just like yes, uh, we, yes. all, we both love Dusty. He's awesome, but mm. just, you know, it's got a lot of heart and he's going to go hard, but is he going to do it in a calculated manner? That's exactly. the, that's the yeah. problem here. Um, yeah. I just wanted to read out what Sandy said here. So Sandy says, yes, I think that the amazing race didn't have um, more hardcore fan base towards the contestants because they only show competition understandable and really show the interactions between races, which is basically what I said. Mm. Uh, I think, you don't get to know some of them that well because whenever they're talking to you, yes, they talk about their life outside of the race or they're talking about the task that they're doing, but you don't get to see them naturally interact unless they're interacting with each other. You don't get to see them interact with, with other teams as much. Yeah. And and that's something that I like. I'd like to see more of that, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm at an advantage in that in the um, Aussie group, uh, I literally have every team represented. I think I only have two races not in the group out of 20. I've got 18. And the banter between them on the group, they they talk more than the US guys do in the, the races in the US group. Um, the Aussies are a bit more laid back. They don't leave, give stuff away because obviously they, they sign the But NBA. they engage with the fans. And, but and they engage the and they they say funny things to each other. So you can really tell which teams sort of were friendly with others on the race uh, yeah. because of the way they interact in the Facebook group. 
um, which is fun. So, uh, yeah, you can tell who's getting on with who and who doesn't talk to who else. Yeah. yeah. I really think that's that's almost really it. We've touched almost on everything here yeah. from what I can see. And um, right on the dot, just under an hour, uh, what a start to the season, I guess, mm. as a whole. Uh, it's exciting to have the Amazing Race back. I'm always, I always enjoy the Amazing Race. It's refreshing to talk about a show different to the challenge and Survivor yeah. that I've just been talking about for so long, for so often, which I enjoy talking about both of them, but it brings a bit of variety to it. And Michelle, I'm excited to have you here with me this season as we break everything down. Um, and let's yeah. hope that this one stands up against season 33 because I, I had a lot of fun doing that one with you as well. Mm. Uh, I mean, I love doing it. I love doing podcasts on the Amazing Race. So, um obviously last year was a joy and and this year is fantastic as well i mean i would podcast about any amazing race in the world most likely yeah i just wish i had more time and i could do this full time then i would have definitely done the australian one with you as well i felt so bad when you said can we do the australian one and anybody listening to this i'm the one that said no i couldn't do the australian one because i'm so busy like doing the three podcasts mm. um probably most likely as soon as the other shows all kick off very soon plus having a full-time job, plus working on my side business that I'm starting to do on the side as well. So really busy. Like I don't sleep anymore. So I was like, <laughs> I want to do it. But if I did this, I think I would go crazy. I just couldn't do it. So, um, so busy, but always fun talking about uh, the amazing race with you. And I had a lot of fun talking about episode one here with you. Uh, anybody that is jumping in late at this or that watched it after the live Please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, we are still on our way to 2,000 subscribers. That's the next big goal. We're at 1,200. When Michelle, when we did this last time, I believe we were like in the 300s. So yes. it's grown quite a lot. We were trying to get to 500, and then you got to 500, and then you were wanting to get to 1,000. So, yeah. yeah. It it's been exciting. So thank you for everybody that's subscribed. Um, you know, it's absolutely free to do. Uh, we really appreciate it. And the more following this channel gets when I'm talking to Channel 10 or I'm talking to CBS, which I have spoken to CBS, you know, if I want to get more things going in the future, they look at the numbers. So, you know, you're helping me by growing the channel so that I can get through these official channels to do interviews and do extra content, which I badly want to do for you uh, just because, you know, it looks better if you've got a couple yeah. of people behind you. So I uh, appreciate it. Uh, put a like on this video and we'll be back next week to talk about this at the exact same time. Again, Michelle, it's been great and talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.